welcome into another edition of Unpopular Opinions. I'm Chuck Taylor, and as always, I'm joined by my trusty briefcase, Casey Cobb. Casey, it is approximately 4.15 Central Time, uh, 4.15 p.m., I should say, and uh, do you know what else? What else? Uh, it's approximately 4.15 p.m. Central Time, and OU still sucks. So, that's <laughs> right. It's hate week. <laughs> it's here. The Red River Showdown, Red River Rivalry, Red River Shootout, whatever you want to call it, it's here. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, Casey, how are you doing today on this fine uh, Thursday evening? I'm doing good. We were just at the State Fair today, wandering around, eating some good fried food and you know, there was some Texas and OU people walking around, so I think they're all getting ready for the big game tomorrow. That's right. That's right. They're crossing the river. They're coming in droves. They're coming up north. They're coming down south. It is a uh, awesome week. That's that's glad I'm jealous that you got taken the fair and taken the atmosphere before uh, you know the teams get there and everything goes crazy. So, um, but with that, before we before we get into uh, Texas OU and some other stuff, some big games this week. Um, we got to go through last week, and uh, I'll just I'll just run through a few games. If you have anything to add to these, um, you can. If not, we'll just jump right into our picks. But UCF losing again. I know you're uh, big fans of the 2018 national championship, University of Central Florida Golden Knights, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they got taken down again uh, to Cincinnati, 27-24. So UCF not looking uh, too strong for another back to back national championship. Um, another game I wanted to mention here was, uh, Washington, number 15, Washington taken down by Stanford. Stanford's now three and three overall. They took, uh, the Huskies down 23 to 13 at home. And, um, uh, also Texas tech beating up on, uh, your, your player of the week last week, Chuba Hubbard. He had a heck of a game, 156 yards and three TDs, but number 21, Oklahoma state goes down. Yeah. Uh, to the hands of Texas Tech, 45-35. And finally, number 24, SMU, Shane Bouchelle, former Longhorn. SMU stays undefeated at 6-0 and with a triple overtime win over Tulsa, 43-37. Casey, I know I just kind of breezed through those, but anything to say about any of those games? Yeah, Jet Duffy, it's uh, a great football name for a quarterback, Jet, right? Jet Duffy had a great game with Texas Tech. You know, yes, he did. Four touchdowns, uh, had a rating, QBR rating of 170, um, three for 424 yards. So, yeah, he had a nice game. Um, I want to also talk about the SMU game, too. You know, I'm really – I mean, we're in Dallas, so I'm pretty excited to see them back on the map. Um, Sonny Dykes has done a good job getting that program turned around. Their quarterback, Shane Bouchelle, which uh, we all know from uh, Bouchelle, the third baseman for the Texas Rangers. We know that's your favorite baseball team. So kind of cool to see him get get a win there. And, uh, you know, Tulsa could have had it. They missed that field goal in second overtime. And another cool note is the quarterback for Tulsa, Zach Smith, is actually from Grandview, Texas, where I spent many of my formative years. So it was a little 2A school back in the day, but played for the Grandview Zebras. I believe they won a national championship a few years ago. So it's kind of neat to see, you know, somebody from what would arguably be known as my hometown come in there and play the game on a big stage, even if it wasn't a losing effort. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. To... Yeah. Now, now a golden hurricane. Yeah, that's yep. – uh... 
very very neat um yeah that's cool for smu they've, they've been pretty irrelevant since the death penalty we've seen you know once a no exaggeration if you were a college football fan in the 1980s you absolutely know knew who southern methodist university was and they've just kind of uh after the death penalty completely fallen off the map and now aren't right. even seen as as anything close to what you would consider a powerhouse so to see them go six and zero and be ranked 24th in the country is a, is a huge change for that program absolutely yeah. pretty cool pretty cool but with that let's let's get into these picks from last week um uh, let's let's start in the Big Ten. We had a couple Big Ten matchups. Let's go uh, number twenty-five, Michigan State versus number four, Ohio State. Um, I had Michigan State, or no, sorry, I had Ohio State winning this one, forty-five to twenty. You had Ohio State winning forty-one twenty-eight. The final out there was uh, thirty-four to ten, Ohio State over Michigan State. Casey, both you and me got this one right. We both thought Ryan Day and Justin Fields and the gang were going to be a little bit too much for Michigan State, especially there in the horseshoe. Uh, it looked that way, didn't it? It did look that way. And, you know, pretty sad performance for both quarterbacks. Their QBR rating was like Brian Lewerke for Michigan State, 49.4. Wow. Justin Fields, you know, 78 average for him. I think J.K. Dobbins really took it to the house, 172 yards on 24 carries. So the ground game for Ohio State uh, really, really looked good that time. I think they controlled the tempo of the game and and really took it to Michigan State, Chuck. Yeah, absolutely. J.K. Dobbins, like you said, had a heck of a game. And, I mean, they they stuttered in the first quarter. You know, they were only up 3-0, but then they outscored Michigan State 24-10 there in that second, and that kind of spelled the end. Yeah. for Michigan State in that one. So, yeah, I think I think Ohio State's just too much of a powerhouse. They might slip up this year, but it, it's not going to be to uh, the likes of Michigan State. No, I don't think so. Um, so, moving on, we had another Big Ten matchup. This one we talked about a little bit in length last week, uh, how this was Jim Harbaugh's last chance. This was number 19, Michigan, against number 14, Iowa. I had Michigan winning 31-24. Uh, KCU had Iowa winning 27-24. We were a little um, over over anxious in that score because uh, this was a uh, 1960s uh, Big Ten battle um, yeah. going back to the going back to the old days. This was a 10 to three game. Michigan took this one home. Casey is uh, Jim safe for now? I think so. You know, I I tell you, I, I think it would take a lot for them to fire him. I mean, he's he's a Michigan guy. From day one, I mean, he's probably like a god up there. He probably lives in a castle or something. I don't know. Probably <laughs> has like a, drives around campus in a boatmobile, right? So I, you know, they're four and one, right? So, so I think that uh, he's still safe for now. And what a what a game, right? I mean, how good God, ten to three. What a low scoring defensive struggle. And those quarterbacks, the QBR rating for the Iowa quarterback was twenty three point one, Chuck. Three picks. Three picks. No touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, Michigan shut him down, and Shea Patterson, not a whole lot better either. You know, 27.4 with an interception as well. So, you know, there's a defensive struggle all the way. Disappointed. I wanted to see Iowa win, but, uh, you know, Michigan came in there with a game plan and they executed and took care of it. Yeah. um, I mean, what's crazy in this one to me, what jumps out to me is that. You know, Michigan number one scored all their ten points in the first quarter, went up ten nothing, and then there were no scores in the second half, which is surprising. But what really jumps out to me is Iowa outgained um, 
Michigan in the passing game by by a hefty amount. Now they, but if you look at the rushing attack, one yard for uh, Iowa rushing. Now that's helped by <laughs> that's helped by a negative sixty five yard um, attempt by Nate Stanley, the quarterback. So they're obviously with several sacks in this game. Yeah. But um, yeah, one total rushing yard. The rest of the guys on the team. I mean, their their top rusher was a forty yard rusher. So. Um, really Iowa couldn't get anything in that rushing attack. And you know, as you alluded to, Nate Stanley really couldn't get that much going through the air. So that, uh, that explains the three total points from Iowa, but Michigan just a little bit too much for him in this one. Yeah. Um, so Jimbo is safe for now. And as we move on, let's move into the SEC. We got the biggest matchup of the week, uh, the biggest upset of the week, even though it wasn't that big of an upset, but you had uh, number 10, Florida, against number 7, Auburn. I had Auburn winning 24-17. to 17. You had Auburn winning 32-27. We both thought Auburn was going to be too much, but Florida took this one home 24-13. Casey, do you fear the swamp now? Yeah, we were both wrong. I mean, Florida's looking good, ranked number 10. What are they, number 10 in the nation now? No, they, they move up. They moved up to number 7 now. Yeah, number 7 in the nation. They were number 10 then, so – um, looks like Dan Mullen's got that program going in the right direction. So, yeah, I, you know, I had a little bit more faith in Auburn. I, I thought they'd be able to come in there and execute. And so let's go back to talking about QBR. <laughs> Bo Nix, 6.6. Are you kidding me? You see, that's what I expected to see when he came to play at A&M. I expected that. I thought our defense would be able to, to get some picks on him. So, you know, he played uh, like a freshman in a hostile environment. I mean, three interceptions, that's, that's something else. I mean, he could get a negative He could get a negative QBR if he plays somebody like Alabama or LSU. You know, we'll see. So, um, yeah, so so I think Florida's really kind of put themselves in, that, in the conversation. And, uh, you know, if they can keep playing the way they are, they could end up being in the SEC championship. Yeah, they're going to definitely challenge Georgia in that East. That's going to be a really exciting matchup to see that that game. Um, right. Yeah, Bo Nix looking very pedestrian. The the rushing attack for Auburn, you know, Auburn and Florida had a pretty equal rushing attack. Um, Florida just kind of put their foot foot on the gas and took this one from Auburn. You know, they, a lot of people weren't giving them a lot of chance with uh, Felipe Franks being down for Florida, but the backup Kyle Trask came in. And uh, did an admirable job. You know, he outplayed Bo Nix by quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, Florida, you know, shows why you should fear the swamp. Um, they came in and, and they got it done against Auburn. So we'll see if they can uh, beat out Georgia for that SEC East um, title. And, and we'll go from there. But, yeah, a pretty good game there in the SEC. So yeah. if you're ready, I'm ready um, to move on to week seven. Um, I had, I got two out of three, right. This last week, you got one out of three, right. So I picked up a point on you. That means the final, the score right now, um, going into week seven is Chuck 10, Casey eight, uh, check back next week to see how we did. But with that, Casey, are you ready to run down some week seven picks? Let's do it, man. Big, big games this weekend. Some, Yeah, some very big games. Let's start with a little precursor. I didn't put this on the, the three scheduled games. We won't pick a score, but it is a big game, and, and I want to see if you have anything to say about it. We got number one, Alabama, 
number 24, Texas A&M. This one in Kyle Field in Aggieland. You got, who was it, Kirk Herbstreet? I think Kirk Herbstreet called out the Aggies and said Kyle Field's not really that big of a home field advantage. Casey, did the Aggies show Kirk who knows more about college football this weekend? Man, I got to be honest with you. Kirk is correct. If we go back and we look at it, I mean, it's sad to say, back in the 90s, Kyle Field was a hostile place to play, man. Seriously. Like, you could not come in there and win. But in the last, like, four or five years, it has not proven to be a great advantage for us. I mean, we've done better on the road in some of the big games than we have at home. Um, you know, God, well, just, real quick, real quick before you keep going, Johnny beat Alabama in Bama, didn't he? In Bama, yeah. Okay, so, just I mean, checking. Our big, our just big checking. games, we beat Auburn at Auburn, right? Yeah. So, so it hasn't been real strong performance for us there at Aggieland, I hate to say it. Um, and, you know, as much as I'm praying for a miracle, Chuck, I mean, I know Alabama hasn't played a lot of strong competition. They, I know they tore Arkansas up, but it's Arkansas. So, so I, I just can't. I just don't see us winning, Chuck. I'm sorry. It's sad. I hate to say it, but who knows? Maybe there will be a miracle. Who knows, right? Yeah, it, um, you know, it always has the possibility of being a good game, you know, in Kyle Field. That, that possibility is always there. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. I think Alabama's got too many tools. I think Tua is just too good of a, a – too big of a threat. And, um, you know, as we've said before, Nick Saban doesn't lose games like this, and that's why he's Nick Saban. Right. Um, so, that's it, going to be a tough one for the Aggies. But, anyways, um, going into our picks, uh, let's start in the Big Ten. We got a, a big matchup. Iowa coming off a loss, number 17, the Iowa Hawkeyes against number 10, Penn State Nittany Lions. Casey, does Iowa come back from that loss against Michigan last week? No, I don't think so, Chuck. I think Penn State's going to win this game 24 to 10. You know, they've they've looked pretty solid all the way in all phases of the game. And, uh, you know, that's showing by by Iowa last week. I mean, their offense leaves a lot to be desired. I think Penn State's going to take care of this. Plus, it's at, it's at Penn State, right? So, you know, no, this this one is in Iowa, actually. Within Iowa, I'm still going with Penn State, Chuck, 24 to 10. Still rolling with Penn State. Well, Casey, I like the home team. I like these home matchups. I like when the, uh, you know, the, the, the spread actually isn't that, that bad. Um, right now, Penn State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Iowa. Um, they've got a 67.2% chance of winning, says the matchup predictor. Um, yeah, I may be in, in over my head here. Um, you know, I was only averaging 27.4 points a game, but I'm going to say the Hawkeyes get up for this one like they did against Iowa State. I think they somehow pull a miracle off and pull this one, uh, pull this one out. So I'm going to go 23-21. Iowa takes this one home All over right. Penn State. Calling the upset. Put it in. Pretty good. Opening the briefcase on that one. Um, <laughs> you can't do that you case up right now. All right, put putting the briefcase back away for this there next one. This is a uh, big, big time uh, CFP implications. This is number seven Florida against number five LSU. Casey, did the Felipe Frankless Florida Gators pull off yet another miracle against another top SEC team this week? No, sir. They're going to go into Death Valley, and they are going to lose. Even though I like the way Florida took care of Auburn, uh, um, I don't think Auburn's as good as LSU. We saw LSU play a really good Texas team and beat Texas in Texas. 
you got Florida. Florida's going to the swamp, right? No, this is in well, this yeah. is in Death Valley. In Death yeah. Valley, yeah, they're going to Death Valley. Um, pretty hostile environment. Um, Joe Burrows is going to. I don't think he's going to light it up, but I still think uh, LSU is going to win this one, thirty to twenty-one. Death Valley is a tough place to play, and LSU's been looking pretty good this year, Chuck. Thirty to twenty-one LSU over Florida. Um, that's a good pick. The spread on this one is thirteen and a half points. Uh, LSU, the favorite matchup predictor, has them at a seventy-five point nine percent chance of winning this one. Um, I, I think that spread's a little high. I think Florida gained a lot of uh, respect last week, beating Auburn, albeit in the swamp. But with a backup quarterback, um, I, you know, I, I think they deserved a little bit of respect. Having said that, they're going up against the number one offense in the country in the LSU Tigers. Um, remind me when the last time that uh, I said that sentence. Um, is it ever? Was, has LSU ever been the number one team, number one offense in the country? I don't think so. They're putting up 571 yards a game is LSU. Um, I don't know how good that Florida defense is, but they're, you know, I don't think Gators can live in Death Valley. So I think the Tigers come out on, on top in this one. I think Joe Burrow is just a little bit too much with that offense and uh, LSU, you know, they get a lot of mockery made of them for being DBU and they, they really haven't been that so far this year, giving up 38 points to Vanderbilt. They got gashed uh, with Texas. So I think this one's going to be a little bit more higher scoring than most SEC matchups. I think it's going to be a little bit back and forth. I'm going to go 38 Oh, I'm going to say 38 to 30 in this one. LSU takes this one home. Um, you know, I, like I said, I think they're just a little bit too much. But uh, Florida really gained my respect last week by beating Auburn the, the, the way they did. Um, but away from the swamp, I think it's going to be a little bit too much. So with that, Casey, we got the game of the week. Uh, may not be the game of the week um, on ESPN, but with most of our listeners coming from uh, North Texas that I know of, this one uh, rings a little more uh, true than the rest of them. It is hate week. It is Texas OU. It is the Cotton Bowl. It's Dallas, Texas. Number six, Oklahoma Sooners. Number 11, Texas Longhorns. Boomer Sooner, Hook'em Horns. 11 a.m. kick. The line says 10 and a half, Oklahoma. Casey, who do you got in the Red River rivalry? Well, Chuck, Jalen Hurts has played exceptionally well. He's, he's come from Alabama where he's played in big games. You know, he has dealt with the pressure. He, he seems to be doing very well with them. OU's offense has taken – I mean, they haven't taken a step back. I mean, they're, they're getting more yards per game this year, I believe, than they did last year with Kyler Murray, Okay. Um, their defense, I believe their defense is improved from what it's been the last few years as well. They've got a better defense. That being said, Chuck, that, all that being said, who have they played? It's true. it's true. They haven't really played tough competition. They played Texas Tech, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. yes. And, you know, they, you know, I mean, they won, but it wasn't like a complete freaking blowout. So, that's my concern. They haven't played a real quality team, and I believe Texas is a real quality team. They're, they're, they're good across the board. 
Ellinger is in the mix for a Heisman Trophy. They've got a good defense. I know that they're, they're a little weak in some areas, but I, you know, they played LSU and could have beaten LSU. So I'm giving this game to Texas. I'm going to go for the upset. I think it will be close. So I'm saying 30 to 27. That's my prediction, Chuck. So we'll see. All right. Another classic. Another classic game. And I love when this game's close. Um, you know, obviously I'd love if Texas blew them out, but it, you know, it's just this game always seems to be close, except for yeah. the odd years. Um, so yeah, matchup predictor has Oklahoma a seventy nine point seven percent chance of winning it. Of course, that's absurd. Um, but you know what? I like it. I like it. I like when Tom Herman's a double digit underdog. Give it to us. We feed on that. Herman feeds on that. Please keep doubting us, people. You see what Sam and Tom do when that happens. Having said that, um, this one's going to be a really great game. Texas has some injuries in the secondary that are a little concerning. Um, That's definitely going to play a factor. Uh, But Oklahoma's replacing their entire offensive line besides their center um, this year. They haven't played the same five offensive linemen yet this year. And they might be, they very well might be missing two starting offensive tackles. Um, so each team kind of has their, their little things to look out for. You've got two quality quarterbacks in Jalen Hurts and Sam Ellinger. Um, there's not really a, a clear advantage there. They're both amazing quarterbacks in their own right, do different things um, on the football field. Oklahoma is always has the quarterback whisper in Lincoln Riley, an incredible offense. They're putting up crazy points, like you said. Competition hasn't been that great um, to really judge their defense on, especially. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a, an all-out brawl like it normally is. Uh, and, and all that said, all the things that I just said, all the things you just said, all the things that everyone's saying gets thrown out the window as soon as that ball gets kicked off. Um, yeah. it, it, this is one of those games. It's one of those great rivalry games where you can throw everything out the window as soon as that ball is kicked off because nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, having said all that, my prediction is it's going to be a high scoring game. It's going to be a lot of back and forth. It may be slow going in the beginning like last year, but it's going to pick back up eventually. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I I don't know if it's been quite as high scoring as I first picked, but I'm going to stay with my first prediction. Uh, when I was prodded for it, I'm going to say 52, 48 Texas. Um, I, I think this is going to be a gunslinging matchup, and I'm going with Sam Ellinger. I'm putting the trust in Sam Ellinger. I'm putting the double-digit underdog trust in Tom Herman. If you're a betting person, take this line immediately. Ten and a half points, 75 and a half over-under. Take the over on that, please. And yeah. please take Texas and a ten and a half point underdog, because I can tell you right now, if we lose by more than ten and a half points, I'd be very shocked. Um this is just going to be one of those really close games. It's going to go down to, you know, just like the LSU game, it's going to, it's those handful of plays that could break either way. However, those break is how the game's going to go. Um, But uh, yeah, I think the key things to watch are going to be real quick. I think one of the problems with Texas's defense this year, and I've just recently come to this realization in the last week or so, I think the reason why our defense looks a little bit worse this year, it obviously losing a lot of leadership, but also we're scoring with so much more efficiency 
um, and, and quicker than we did last year, that our defense is on the field for much greater stretches than last year. Last year, we grinded out drives. We, we got, we dinked and danked and, and worked our way down the field and really made the other team pay. And we kept our defense off field, kept our defense fresh. This year, our offense is so much better. We're scoring with so much more efficiency. Our defense has to play so much more. So if Tom Herman and, and Sam Ellinger can roll back the clock and just kind of dink and dank and kind of, control the clock clock management was so key for us last year if we can go back to that I think Texas has a good chance in this game if we try to get in a shootout with Lincoln Riley and Jalen Hurts and C.D. Lamb I I don't know if we can keep up with that Um, our offense is great but Oklahoma's offense is is revolutionary so it is it is but I I think that uh, Texas defense has been pretty good I mean they played against LSU and LSU has a high flying offense and they kept up with them so that's true that's true and that gives me a lot of of confidence and I realize that my score is a shootout and I have Texas winning but um, I I think either way even if we try to manage the clock or not I think it's going to be a high scoring game I don't think that really we're not going to manage the clock like Tom Herman said in his press conference we know this isn't going to be a 10 to 7 football game it's just not. <laughs> um, so no matter what you do, OU is going to get their points. Uh, but I think you could say the same for Texas. I think we have a very formidable offense as well. So playing LSU helps. OU hasn't played anyone this year, but does it mean a whole awful lot? No. Um, you know, once that ball gets kicked off, everything goes out the window. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been in this game before uh, so that they know what to expect. But, man, it should be a barn burner. It should be a great game. Um, that one's on Fox 11 a.m. Central Time Saturday if you want to watch it. Um, the Florida I, – I forgot to mention. The Florida LSU game's on ESPN at 7. And the – oh, where's the other one? Iowa-Penn State game is at 6.30 on ABC. So those are your three games of the week. And if you want to catch A&M uh, pull off a miracle against Alabama, that one's on at 2.30 on CBS. Um They'll be taking down the goalposts. <laughs> the weather's going to be good, too. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the high is 66 there in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl, so the weather should be beautiful. Yeah, it's going to be perfect football weather, man. Yeah, it's going to be 68 in uh, Kyle Field, so they'll have plenty of energy to take down those goalposts and, and carry them out of Kyle Field and, and mount a, a head bust of, of Jimbo Fisher. Um, right next to John David Crow outside the outside the stadium. So, <laughs> right next to Johnny and John David, you're gonna give him a lifetime contract, right? Even after he dies, still gonna be paying him. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But with that, Casey, uh, I think we're ready to wrap this up with our final takes. Who is your uh, the, the briefcase player of the week? I'm I'm interested to hear. Heck yeah, Chuck, the briefcase player of the week. Drum roll, please, as I open up the briefcase. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Briefcase player of the week, man, is going to be senior for for, uh, uh, Florida, Freddie Swain. You know, he's a player who hasn't really done a whole lot this year, but he had a breakout performance. Six receptions, 146 yards. And get this, for 24.3 yards per reception and one touchdown. You know, so really instrumental in that victory uh, that he had over over, um, over Auburn. See, I'm getting old, right? 
So, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I went back and looked, and you know, he hasn't done a whole lot all year, but he had a really breakout performance in that game. So that's my brief for a briefcase uh, breakout player of the week is Freddie Swain, Chuck. Very nice, very nice. That's a player I didn't didn't know his name. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Uh, didn't look into Florida that much this year. Thought they were a little overrated, but Dan Mullen, like you said, really has that program turned around and. They lose Felipe Franks and they don't lose a step beating Auburn. We'll see what yeah. they do against LSU this week. But Swain uh, may not do a whole lot more the rest of the year. But you know, it's a really good performance by him. And I think my my honorable mention would have been J.K. Dobbins for for Ohio State. You know, he had mm. a great game too, 172 yards, uh, 7.2 yards per carry. Right. So, and and goes without mention, we got Jonathan Taylor. But I mean, we're already expecting him to be in the Heisman race. So. So I just, you know, I try to look for players that have an impact and kind of have some neat stats for that game who may not have done something before. So I thought that was a, a good pick this week for our, for our player, for my player. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, before I give my final take, uh, just updating you on the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, I know you guys are all very excited to hear about them. They beat Idaho State last week 59-20 to to move to 5-1 on the season. Um, that moves them up, I think, to number eight in the FCS polls. So they're really getting up there, uh, making some noise. They've got a bye week this week. Um, so uh, Grizz will be back in action next week. Um, so check in on that. But with that, um, my final take, you know, I got, I got a few little ones. Um, you know, it's Texas OU week, so that, that's my final take. But um, the hockey season started. Go watch the Stars. They finally won their first game last or two nights ago. Last night, two nights ago, yeah. uh, overtime winner. So go watch some stars hockey. Go watch some FC Dallas playoff uh, soccer here in the next couple weeks. Uh, FC Dallas winning that last game six to nothing over Kansas City to punch their ticket to the playoffs. So make sure you get out and watch them. Uh, Mavs start up here in the next week or two. So watch you some NBA basketball. Even without Dirk, Luca, and KP are looking uh, like the next big duo. And finally, like I said, go. Get yourself a corny dog. Get yourself a uh, a um, uh, funnel cake. Whatever your favorite state fair food is, yeah. go see Big Tex. Get your picture taken next to him. Get your picture taken next to Bevo. Um, head out to the state fair if you can on Saturday, preferably, but anytime. And make sure you're sitting down in front of the screen and watching one of the greatest college football games every year, Texas OU. I love it. I wish I could watch this game every single week. I wish they played each other 20 times a year. Um, <laughs> man, this is just – oh, man, I get up for this game. I love the videos. I love the hype videos, the old videos, the people talking about how the juices are just flowing even more so in this game than ever. Um, man, it's a, just such a great game to watch. Jalen Hurts, Sam Ellinger, it should be a great, great football game, and uh, I can't wait to watch that one. So with that, Casey, any last words for the folks before we get on out of here? Mo, just uh, be ready for a great weekend, man. Just a wonderful weekend of football. And, um, you know, let's let's pray for a miracle for my Aggies, okay? <laughs> will do, will do. And, uh, yeah, you guys, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. Share us on any social media platform you want. Leave us a rating or review. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, it is 4.48 p.m. And OU still sucks. This has been Unpopular Opinions. I'm Chuck Taylor. He's Casey Cobb. We'll see you guys next week.